Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Jr., and with me looking up moto sheets right now is Ryan. What have you been up to the past couple weeks, Ryan? Uh, two, two weeks ago, I went uh, BMX racing. Nice. Um, I got through one round, and then I was super hungry, so I left and I went to Acapulco. Yeah. On, uh on 65 there man and, uh what's that is i'm guessing you got sick because he ate at acapulco no i didn't what do you mean oh i've always so when beth and i first started dating we were coming back from acapulco and i had to pull over on the side of 94 so she could vomit <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't had that trouble there yeah well that's good that just, I wish I could have the, for lack of a better term, free spirit as you to be at a race and then you're like, eh, I'm hungry and leave and go and eat or, eh, I'm done <laughs> with this and just leave. It was just a, it was just a run of the mill, single point race. Um, you know, it didn't, didn't mean anything. I, I was racing out of class anyway, so it, it oh. wasn't like I was bailing on you know the guys that i normally race with or anything like that so i got you i got you so yeah i just i i got done with my first round and i i felt terrible and it there were you know it came down to two things one i hadn't done anything in the past couple months yeah you know bmx raced worked out went for a brisk walk well you're coming off of an injury Yep, so I hadn't done anything, and then, uh, so there was nothing I could do about that. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm slow, and I'm tired, and whatnot, but the the thing that I could control was that I was really, really, really hungry. Yeah. that. So, yeah. Dude, rice and beans helps a lot. I left, and I got a burrito. Nice. Smothered in cheese sauce. Hell, yeah. That sounds so delicious right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm back on the carnivore diet. So after the J Concepts race, I went back on the carnivore diet and I started sparring again and grappling again because I was out for like three weeks because I had a bad elbow. Okay. I was still going to class, but I wasn't doing it. It's not the same, just going to class. And I think I probably felt the same thing as you did, but like a dummy, I just kept pushing through it. And now I'm in a good place. We put on the four ounce gloves yesterday and just fucking went at it like a bunch of morons (laughs) right on so yeah that was but yeah um after that yeah just club i took the week off after the j concepts race and unfortunately had to work saturday the wife was kind of pissed off there (laughs) okay because i'm like oh yeah i'm taking next saturday off and then i'm at work and then uh yeah i raced at uh thunder road again last saturday and that's going to be 510 trophy race for me next week i'm getting trucks ready to go okay so Uh, stadium truck and a mini truggy yep and i'll tell you what it's um frustrating wrenching on a techno after you've wrenched on an associated why is that don't get me wrong techno fanboys i get it they drive nice Building those shocks are like building a shock. The shocks on a fucking Traxxas. Yeah, they're awful. 
They're so hard to get right. They really are. But, uh, yeah, I'm rebuilding. Well, I'm changing the fluids on that because <coughs> I only have one run on the, you know, after the puddle incident. I only have one run on it after I rebuilt it. Okay. So I'm just changing the fluid to from outdoor to indoor. And I totally re. I went through my T6 to upgrade it from a point one to a point two. It costs the it costs about a third to upgrade your truck rather than buy a new one, but it's three times the work. Yeah. So yeah, I've been sitting just wrenching here and there, and I've kind of moved a lot of my RC stuff upstairs to spend time with the wife and kids because it's like this is getting out of hand. Sure. Because the wife and I, you know, we basically just bullshit and watch TV anyways. It doesn't matter if there's a wrench in my hand or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we were wa- we just watched the season premiere of Yellowstone. Have you watched that show at all? No, no. I, uh... yeah, I don't know. I've, I've looked at the previews and whatnot, and I know it's, you know, well-touted and everything i just uh i don't think i'm gonna give it i don't think i'm gonna give it a go i don't blame you it took me so i watched three seasons in one shot a couple months ago basically and that's how i got into it there's so much good shit on tv it's easy to miss good stuff and i'd i really i'm not that into tv shows i would much rather watch a movie See, my wife and I were having that discussion before I came downstairs. She goes, you know, you and I used to watch all these movies. We literally have a bookcase full of DVDs and, like, two gigantic boxes full of DVDs. And I'm like, you can't tell the same story, or you can't tell an in-depth story in 90 minutes to two hours. Right. But, you know... But I do like going to the movies. Um, we go to the St. Michael movie theater, and that has um, recliners at it and free arcade and all that stuff. So that I do enjoy. Cool. So you got some uh, heat sheets, huh? Yeah. Yep. Moto sheets. Um, you were at Thunder Road Yep. this Saturday. So how was that? Give us a little... Paint us a little picture of what happened over there on the weekend. So they had like 50-some entries. is just a standard points race. Um, yeah, it's just a straightforward day of racing. I TQ'd and won both 13.5 and 17.5 quote-unquote advanced class. Okay. And um, Senior took second in advanced 17.5, and I think he took fourth in stadium truck. And then Joe 3, TQ'd in one sportsman. There's only one other kid, but I was proud of him because... So they were running sportsmen with the slashes all day, which I totally understand. Because, um, you know, equal to speed. But then Jeremy put Joe 3 and um, Deacon, they're the sportsman drivers, in with the intermediate B-main buggy. And Joey almost frickin' bumped. Oh, okay. He was, he finished eight tenths off of, I mean, he wouldn't have bumped him because it was two classes running in one. But he finished eight tenths off of a bump spot. 
Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. He was uh was Bowman running a mod or something? Because I see it looks like he was on the track at the same time as you, but no, he's running. Um, he got his points for expert buggy. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was, so he was on the track at the same time, but yeah, yeah running, he, a, running a different class. He was the only one running that class. Okay. So, same with in 13.5 Wheeler. It was him, Austin, and Dennis. I think I beat Dennis and Austin. Austin broke. He had a hell of a day just breaking front gearboxes left and freaking right. I don't know what was happening with him. I felt bad for him. I've had those days to where you just keep breaking the same damn part over and over and over again. So, do you remember when you were a kid and you are trying to learn how to bunny hop curbs and you case it and you popped a bunch of tubes? Did you ever do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. My record's four in one day. <laughs> I think Austin did that with uh, front gearboxes on his wheeler. Huh. Yeah, it's just one of those days, man. But no, it's just your good average club race. I had a good time, and yeah, toy box raced, the 510 raced. The toy box had a healthy entry count. 510, not so much, but, you know, they're going to have a trophy race this week, which will probably pack the place. Right. So... Anyway, um, I think we only had one or two local guys go to Milwaukee. Who was it? Chris Michelson. Did James Dolan go? I'm not sure if Dolan went. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's basically... Almost the same group of guys that were down here for the NCTS that were at trackside racing at the Team Associated race. That, um, trackside holds this race every year in November. It used to be the Spectrum race. Now it's, I it was probably something else long before the Spectrum race, but it's their annual big race. All the pros, came, most of the pros came out, I should say. Do you have uh, results for that one at all? Yeah. Um, I feel like I haven't said this name in a long time. So Dustin Evans took the win there in two-wheel drive mod. Yeah. He's been hanging out at his home track mostly and not really been traveling much. So he took the win. Spencer Rivkin second. And then this, was, this is a new name for me. Mason Newbert took third. Yeah, that is a new name. I... Possibly a local. I'm sure it's hard to say. Probably a local fast guy that's got serious serious potential. So four wheel drive mod, the other basically pro class. Uh, Ryan Cavalieri takes the win there. Uh, Cole Tollard second overall, and Spencer Rivkin third. So Spencer with a one and a three. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry. It must have been a two and a three because yeah, Evans. Won the two-wheel drive. So, yeah, Cavalieri puts it on the top box. It's good seeing him on the top box again and beating serious competition. Tollard and Rivkin are, you know, Rivkin's a world champion. Enough said. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, god damn it. 
I'm just sorry. I'm getting messages about all kinds of races and stuff. So what else do you want to cover? Uh, my my previous uh, mini truggy did race Where? this weekend, and it finished second at the toy box. Nice. Driven by Pablo Ayers. Sweet. Uh, ben Savakul takes the win. Jake Savakul takes the three. So it was a Savakul sandwich. Yep. Pablo was caught in the middle of there. Yeah. I can't uh, wait to go racing there again this winter. And what else we got? It's um I don't really like how Live RC organizes their results anymore. Yeah, cuz Mains used to be at the top, now they're in the bottom. Used to be a lot more intuitive. So uh, there was a mod two-wheel drive class, so that's pretty cool. Tony Sletton takes the win there. Joey Simmons in second, and Pablo in third. That's good, yeah. Um, Ryan Sopacek was in attendance, so that's cool to see him out and racing. Sure. Yeah, I'm really glad that uh, Mod's kind of peeking up again in places. Um, if it's on the clay, I might race it if there's enough interest. But I'm not going to do what I did last year and the year before, build a mod car, race it with you and maybe one or two other guys, and then the next time nobody shows up. You know what I mean? Right. That is, I've said it before on past episodes, I'm done trying to be a damn trailblazer after the whole mini-truggy thing. Yep, and I'd, I mean, I probably won't do it anymore either because I, I don't even drive enough anymore to be sharp for mod. Sure, sure. And since I don't really want to work on cars, I'll just leave it in a trim where I can show up on a Wednesday at the toy box if I want to or, you know, go to the 510, whatever. I'll I'll have a, a class to race in. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any other uh, moto sheets you want to get to? Uh, how'd your dad do in a uh, stadium truck at uh, Thunder Road? What he ended we got up here? I think he qualified second, ended up fourth. That's yep. a really tight group of uh, stadium trucks. It's good to see that they're coming back, and they're coming back everywhere. They're coming back on the clay. That's why I upgraded my truck, because I'm starting to see serious entries in the class. There was a full class of uh, two-wheel drive short course, I see. That was a mix. At Thunder Road. Yeah, they call of what? They call it op- open short course. There was one mini truggy and one or two four wheel short courses. But it was a full oh. full class. Okay. Yeah. Uh who won that one? Keith Drake. Keith was running a two wheel. Oh hell, there's like you said, there's three different classes going on. So, so does it three s- three winners. So it's one one one. Yeah, one one one. The, the winner the... on track was Matt Gundry. Matt Gundry. The thirteen five oh two point four. Okay. That's pretty slow. That's yeah, I don't know who. But the short courses are obviously quite a bit slower. But yeah, I don't know. I'm looking up 
Matt Gundry and seen what he runs. Yeah, his Facebook page is pretty well locked down. Oh, there it is. Yeah, he had the mini truggy. Okay. So, anyway, yeah, it was just a nice race day. Um, I was running a pair of balloon to hell um, fuzz bites in the rear of my two wheel. Cause they were, they just hooked up so much better than let's say a new pair of twin pins. Hmm. But I can't get fuzz bites anywhere. Like I've searched the depths of the internet where I go to find shit where nobody knows and nobody has them. Nobody. Okay. Cause usually when everybody's like, Oh, I can't find it. I can't find it. It's like, yeah, I can find it. I find myself some stuff and I'm fine. Yeah. Nobody. It's a little frustrating because they are, for sure, a tire of choice. But um, I ran those on the two-wheel, and then I ran twin pins and swaggers on the four-wheel because the wheeler can stand to be a little bit looser. Um, so, yeah. So them, them fuzz bites are, um, is that more like, a, more like a mini pin or more like a cactus? They're... More of a small square pin in the shape. They're directional like an ellipse or positron. So they're kind of like a V. Mm-hmm. And they're a super small square pin. Okay. Um, so would that be like a cactus? The square pin? I don't even remember those tires, to be honest. Because I had one set once. I burnt them up and never got them again. Uh, did you use cactuses often? Yeah, they're like a uh, cactus. Never. But I remember as sometime after I kind of, um, I must have been getting really into clay and I wasn't running at MMR anymore. I think cactuses were pretty popular back when they still had, uh, like multiple surfaces. Yep. Um, and I, I don't, I don't really know what the tire of choice is there currently. At MMR? Yeah. Well, yeah, it depends on the night. It really does. Is he going to put down the the plastic? Is he going to leave the rug extra bumpy? You know, it changes, and I talk to Senior about that all the time to where he's like, oh, I was able to run a 14-millimeter ride height tonight in my normal carpet setup, and then He's like, oh, I had to put on the MMR shocks, bring my ride height up to 17, that type of thing. Hmm, okay. So, anywho, Senior's uh, getting a on-road car ready to go again. Yeah, running uh, Spec 12? Yeah, just a Spec 12 with an old CRC. and if he Spec, spec 12 MMR? Yep. He's okay. probably going to race Wednesday nights, and if he likes it, I guarantee there'll, there'll be an Osmatics in his basement within a month. Sure. Um, so what else do we got? Um, we just basically got um, notes and tech inspection. It might be a short one tonight. What do you think? That happens. Yeah, I mean... You know, we're we're sponsorless currently, which is cool, but yeah. Um There's uh is there any any juice, any any real news in the RC world? 
couple new products, a little bit, a um, couple of things I want to bitch about. Um, Kyle McBride either leaves or was dropped by Techno. I have no idea where he's going. Um, Trinity is coming out with a new ESC. Did you see that? No. Is uh, a mod or a stock or what? Uh, it looks like it could handle mods, but I'm sure it'll be just fine for stock. It We'll see what happens. Cause, so, Trinity, in the past, they don't come out with meh products. They're either the best in the world or they're the worst in the world. There's no in-between for those guys. So, give me a give me an example of something that was just a bomb of theirs. Then, oh, they had um, this is going to be controversial, but they had this. Uh, some people who I would say the only person who could dial it in was Josh Cyril, but their twelve scale with all the. Like is almost like a old school Formula One front end with all the rods for every little point on the car. Okay. I forget what that one was called, but that thing was just, uh, in my opinion, a lot of people's opinion was a turd. <laughs> all right. Bob, uh, you know you okay? Here's another good example. So back in the day, you'd get match batteries, and my, I had a friend with the same matcher that they had. I don't know if they ran it on a different program or what, but their numbers were so much farther off than what the label said. It's like, okay. oh, these batteries are just terrible. <laughs> you know, and that's when SMC was a powerhouse in racing. SMC used to make great round cell impacts. Oh, really? Oh, dude, they were awesome. SMC oh. was great. And I became so disappointed in their LiPo game. Well, so instead of getting into the China market right away, they tried their first set of LiPos they were literally making on their own. And you could imagine the disaster behind that. Right. And then they were taking... For a while, they were taking the same packs that like Phantom and EA sold and all them, and they were cutting their throats, which was awesome from SMC. I had quite a few SMC packs like that. Then all the groups collective that are fixing the prices way higher than they need to be, which was Phantom, EA, I forget who else was in there, but there were a lot. They're like, all right, instead of the $60 we're going to charge, we're going to charge 85 and then they went to Intellect, and they said, "Hey, if you don't cut out SMC, we're all—all all of us are taking our business collectively and leaving you." So Intellect had no choice but to freeze SMC out. So now you have the disaster of what they are today. So, yeah, SMC, man, it's a bit of a fall from grace from them guys. Yeah, blow my mind. I had no idea. Yeah. What else who who else was big in the in the nickel metal and NICAD game? Who or who was tops? Intigy was No way. Back in the mid nineties I had what's, what's up with these, you know, 
you know, they became uh, budget stuff. Because racing right? doesn't pay. Right. It really doesn't. But you know, I'm not a I'm a, I'm a racer through and through. But I get I keep I go in that hobby shop and hang out between rounds at Thunder Road. And I watch these guys with armas and this and that and the other drop hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in a set. I watched one guy three weeks in a row on a basher vehicle he dropped between four and seven hundred dollars. Wow. It's like, yeah, nobody's unless you're dumb and doing it wrong, nobody does that in racing. Right. Or I should say just getting into it. There's also that exception. So yeah, oh, speaking of do you know what Arma Creighton eight S is? Uh yeah. Well I, I don't I wouldn't be able to differentiate between six or eight or whatever, but I I know what an Arma Creighton is. Yeah, the eight S is just bigger and massive. It's like yep. each shock looks like it takes a bottle of shock fluid. <laughs> if I get a basher car, that's what it's gonna be. Um oh, okay, it's a the eight S is a fifth scale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. The six S was an eighth scale. I was gonna say like I remember it being big, but not, you know, like behemoth. Yeah. I did you see that? Uh, uh, crap. What's uh, what's the company that has the SCX tens? Axial. Um, they're six. Yeah. Scale. You you see the yeah the axial six one sixth scale crawlers. Dude, it's cool. Yeah. I wonder if that's gonna be a blow up thing. It doesn't fit any of the current crawler courses as it sits. Like it would just be a wrecking house and probably well, halfway yeah, like destroy the one hand, at Thunder Road. The hand built stuff, but for the guys for the real crawlers, the guys that go out on the weekends in yeah. places like, you know, Taylor's Falls or sure. Taylor Falls or, you know, wherever somewhere like that in a riverbed somewhere. Um yeah, I, th- I think it'd be great. I saw- yeah, as far as the competition stuff, I mean, I don't know. I when I think of crawlers, the absolute last thing that comes to mind is competing with them. Yeah, for me anyway. Right, but there's always you know people race sailboats, RC sailboats. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think I don't as far as our I, local market, yeah. I think a, a teeny tiny tiny minute portion of them are actually, you know, crawler comping sure. versus the people that are just out playing with them every weekend. Right, right. Um, I was almost sold on one when I saw a video of a full-grown man riding on one. <laughs> that, that was cool. Um, Yeah, you know, it might... It might have a class, you're right, at like something like Taylor's Falls or something like that. But I think it'll have a market because it'll be like every other crawler. Like, people with crawlers rarely even leave their yard with them. That's with any RC vehicle. So, I mean, I've told the T-Max story on this uh, show before. Uh, What's that? The Brooklyn Park uh, Hobby Town, 
the one that used to be off Brooklyn Boulevard. And this is when TCHR used to race nitro monster trucks on a Saturday, and they'd get 10 to 20 of them. Well, Hobby Town, Brooklyn Park kept track of how many they sold. I think it was I think it was that one, or it could have been the two Hobby Towns because it was that Hobby Town and there's one in uh, Minnetonka. Anyway, maybe between the two of them, they sold 10,000 of them. <laughs> and you see in 15 to 20 of them at a track because people don't leave their yards with them they they think they're cool and some of them drive them to death some of them run them once or twice and they're like oh that's cool and they let it sit and yeah dude i guarantee you, almost every basement in the cities has a t-max in it <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Nitro Nitro Monster Trucks. That that would have been pretty cool. I almost made the mistake of getting one. I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> um I would like an electric one though. Just some plug and play stuff. So, uh for Joe 3's birthday a couple weeks ago, on the way out leaving Thunder Road, I got him a Mini T. Yeah. How'd that go over? He's been driving the damn wheels off the thing almost cool. every day. He likes having the dogs chase it. He drives it on the trampoline because it's an RC car. I don't care what he does with it. He's not taking any of his race vehicles in the backyard or on the street, but he can do whatever the hell he wants to do to that mini T. And when he breaks it, I'll fix it. I don't care. Right on. So, yeah, he's been enjoying that one. Good. Um. I almost got scammed. Yeah? On what? Because I'm a sucker for poor people. Because I've been dirt poor as an adult. Like, scary poor. So, and Randy Johnson pointed this out. Which was like, oh shit, he's right. So there's this guy posting in groups of this RC car he built out of like cardboard and like pieces he found and wherever um and ran i was about to send him joe three's old b5m it's like oh yeah fuck yeah you know hell yeah would have been 25 bucks to ship no big deal and then randy johnson goes hey somebody has been posting the same thing all over the place but under multiple different names I'm like, shit, he's right. I almost got huh. fucking scammed. <laughs> almost. I'm glad I'm glad Randy was there. Somebody would have gotten uh an undeserving scammer would have gotten a free B five M. Right. Gosh, man, some people. It's frustrating. The dude's last last name he is going under was Kazi. Aka no, no cool. So, yeah, watch out for that. You see that cardboard RC car? Don't feel a goddamn thing. It's a big scam. Um, what else do we got here? Kind of want to let that one go. Oh, one more thing. 
So is Roars. Oh, a couple more things. There's more notes. Sorry. Um, does Roar have no idea where people race? Why? What do they think? Well, so for the, so you know how they, they're like, hey, we want to have the carpet nationals, and they had all these tracks put bids in. Here's a little something. They had the track that where they put it picked out before they put that ad out because I know of two tracks that put in a bid and they heard nothing back and they're not going to have a big national out wherever. I think it's in Oregon. Hmm. I'm really disappointed. And then they moved the fuel nationals right after DNC in March. This is going to be the first Fuel Nationals. I'll say at the very least it won't sell out in 15 minutes. Sure. I'll say at the most this will be the first Fuel Nationals in years it doesn't sell out. The only thing that they kind of hit a home run with, I'm disappointed because I know the Hobbyplex in Omaha put in a bid for the Clay Nationals, but uh, SDRC got it. I mean, they're a great facility. There's no question about it. But it seems like the Midwest was totally left out of everything. It's like they put they put the races on the farthest corners of the tr- uh, corners of the country hmm. when they're ignoring the biggest core group of racers. The Techno Series last weekend had 238 entries. Nice. I mean, that's a one-day event. And I Roar, didn't realize they were going already. Yeah, I think that's the first race. And Roar is totally ignoring it. It's like we don't exist to those assholes. Huh. I mean, I shouldn't be that pissed off because Roar has been making serious mistakes lately. Um. After the whole fuel tank debacle at the last Roar Fuel Nationals, they're like, well, we're going to find different ways to measure fuel, and we're going to do an investigation on the tanks and all that. They never did. They never even. That was just lip service. Hmm. Yeah. And the the people making money, uh, it's, it's aggravating. Dude, they don't really... If you look at the 2022 Nationals, you got to look at it and ask yourself, does Roar deserve a dime of my money? <laughs> so, yeah. Damn, the, the Hobbyplex had 13 gas trucks. Yep. Fucking... For those of you that don't know what that is, that's a, a two-wheel drive uh, nitro-powered stadium truck. Yep. And uh, Will Britton beat Jared Tebow, which I think was awesome. But Will, he's all in on that gas truck. He goes to the Plex just to practice that thing alone. I know what he's feeling. I used to do the same thing with the mini truggy before that was popular. Um, Did he see Andrew had a bunch of stolen merchandise returned? Andrew Mowry. Where did he have stuff stolen from? Uh, the was it the last MMR? 
I don't remember if it was the last MMR or the original one. It was stolen in 2008, so I want to say it was at the original one. To where he had a bunch of stuff that was stolen 13 years ago returned. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm listening. So, um, I'll bring up the story here. But what happened was, so he had one of his fist scales stolen, and it was it looks like one that they ran. It is one that they ran out at. Uh, Hidden Hideaway in Isani, where they ran, like, Fiscale Oval. Quarter Scale. Quarter yep. Scale, yeah, sorry. And they ran the Fiscale F1 cars there, too. Okay. Um, He goes, he had a ton of inventory stolen in 2008. Today, some great guys came down and gave it back as they had come across it in a storage locker that they purchased. Tru- no way. Yeah, truly amazing people out there. <laughs> Because, I mean, his car is very distinct, and he has a picture of it up there with the trophy and all that uh, from 2007, from probably the last time it was raced. (laughs) And then there's a picture of it today, nice, clean looking. I mean, you don't hear that too often. That's so cool. I mean, the car... I don't know how advanced quarter scales get, but it'd be great to hang on the wall, and it's a great story. I hope he throws some fuel in it and takes it out and plays with it a little bit. I do, too. I really do. Um, Brad's starting to mess around with stuff like that. Brad Sandvig. Yeah? Uh, what? Fiscale F1 car. He took um, Andrew lent one to senior years ago. And then they quit racing, and then it's just sitting in seniors' rafters forever. Because you know, okay. you know how big fist scales are. There's yeah, really, huge. yeah, there's really no good place to put them. So Brad goes, "Hey, what do I have to do to get that from you?" Brad says, "Talk to Andrew." So Brad talks to Andrew, and Andrew goes, eh, "It's the it's dead around the country, but you can do whatever you want with the car, basically." And Brad's been working on it, and he's building himself a Fiscale F1 car. <laughs> I got to say, they're cool, man. They are really Oh, cool. absolutely hey, they are. Have you driven one? No, no, never driven one. Just uh, kind of ogled over them on some u- old YouTube videos. So Senior used to take me out to uh, the track that used to be in Ramsey, a used to, old go-kart track, and he used to let me just do laps with it. And it was <laughs> like a real... Race car, you would get the, you could drive it hard for a couple laps, but the tires would literally get greasy, and you'd have to back off until they cooled down. If you hit the brakes too far into the corner, it would just push straight. Um, it had disc brakes, four-wheel disc brakes. It, it was just fun. It was really fun. So, yeah. Very expensive though. It's like, yeah, you could get a fist scale car for fifteen hundred bucks, but to have a truly competitive fast car would be about ten thousand. Yeah, model. Yeah, it's not for us poors. Nope. Um. Now that I'm looking at my notes, that's all I had that was good. The rest is just um. Useless bitching on my end. 
<laughs> yeah, I gotta be honest with yourself sometimes. So we got tech inspection. Unless you have any other things to fill up, we can do tech inspection and get out of here. Yeah, what do we got? Well, it got heated in the comments today, so we're gonna start out. Oh, my sister-in-law just got here. Uh, we're gonna start out with a question from Ben Savakul. And let me find it. Come on. I oh. I'm getting there. Sorry. Okay. Here's a point of discussion that will probably get me reamed and hated by many. I don't think so. The toy box entry at Saturday. The toy box entry Saturday for a points race was 47. The 510 had 17. The competition at the box at least was really good for the few number of people that were there. We have an we have excellent indoor clay tracks right close to home. They are rare. They will not survive if we do not attend. I understand where where the people w He doesn't understand where the people went. I just don't understand the justification for doing it. Well, uh, Thunder Road at 56. I know there was on-road racing on Sunday, too. Uh... I know Ben does not want to recognize carpet off-road racing, but it's a real thing. And it does pull entries from the clay. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? Yep. Yeah, it was, well, it was, it was like a big, uh, there was a multitude of things going on. Yeah, there was five races. The Techno you know, five, Series. And a lot yep, of Minnesota. Five races within a state. Yep. Um. It was really, really nice. So the people that are weather-influenced, they had other things going on. Um, most areas of the state had opening deer hunter yep. um, for rifle season. Some of the some of the further out places, it had already been going on. But for the majority of regions, it was opening rifle. Um, yeah, beautiful day out. Um I don't think all that many people went to the associated race, like you were saying, from from our little region. No, but a shit ton Not went to the Not all techno. that many people went to the Hobbyplex. Yeah, they did. I, they sure. Mm, it didn't look like a lot of the 10th scale racers. I saw a oh, lot yeah, of names no. that I see at MNRC races, but... Well, like, uh, let's say... Let's say KP Reigns, he brings his entire family to the Toy Box and the 510. Okay. You know, that's seven, eight entries right there to wherever he goes. Um, you had Jordan Corton. He races at the 510. I haven't seen him at the toy box in a while. But um, I know Jeremy Simpson. I think he went. I, uh, there there was a, I saw quite a few people, you know. You, you got to look at the A-scale stuff. I know Armin Charlin probably went to the Techno Series, and he's a uh, toy box, pretty regular at the toy box. But stuff like that, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot. Of, there's We're oversaturated. I mean, it sucks, but it's what it is. Hopefully the 510 gets... Good entries next week. It's a trophy race. It should. 
And Chris has really been trying more this year. Like, you know, you saw he actually has tires on the wall now and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. Anything else that would be helping to the low entry counts? Yeah, I don't know. Like you're saying, the Thunder Road is definitely pulling people for the last few years on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean... I, like I said, I'm going to race on the clay and whatnot, but, man, it's so much easier to race on carpet. It right. really is. And it's clay is way more fun, but, man, carpet's still fun. Um, Joey Fitzsimmons is wondering, is Mod 2 and 4 going to make a comeback? I would say on the clay, yes, Joey. Uh, I would say... Not a... Not a sustained one. I would say maybe two two wheel mod. Um, I know you hate thirteen five wheeler, super gay. But people are going fast on smaller tracks that aren't wide open. On our tracks in Minnesota, a thirteen five wheeler is just as fast, if not faster, than a mod wheeler. That's what makes it super gay. If, but I mean. You could think of it as a non-overpowered mod vehicle. Mm, I would call it a mod vehicle if people weren't spending so much money making them light. That's true. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be running mod truck at the 510. I do have a very, very mild mod motor in it, but it's a mod. So... Yeah, I think mod two-wheel classes, there might be something, but yeah, I don't think four, because there's really no point anymore. And I'm sure I'm going to get uh, backlash from fast mod drivers, but nah. Um, There'll be little blips here and there, but there'll be a lot of weekends where it doesn't even run. So Sure, sure. Um I'm going to try this name as hard as I can because I suck. Mubashir Mazar is wondering, should we be running electronics and equipment based solely on what some of the sponsor drivers used instead of what the majority find reliable? Take Jared Tebow, for instance. He had issues with his Macklin ESC but had to keep it quiet while out-of-pocket racers using the same ESC and facing similar issues had to endure getting warranty. Your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I never look at or barely listen to sponsored people's advice on products. I look at the local sponsored and fast guys, what they're using. I, I, just, I even take that with a grain of salt. It depends on who you're looking at and how honest they are. Like, I won't say a dishonest person, but I know an on, two honest, fast guys, you could say, you can believe Tony Slatton, you can believe Clayton Cartluca, you can believe Kyle Holmberg. You can believe those guys. There are local Minnesota guys that I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe them at all ever but you could definitely believe 
those guys, what they're running. But, yeah, pros, do you remember that picture? I'm sure you don't remember this stuff because you don't store stupid BS in your head like I do. But do you remember when uh, Ryan Mayfield was let go from Reds? Yep, for running the running one of Drake's motors. Yep, but do you remember yep. they captured that picture of Drake handing him one of his motors like, oh, yeah, run this, you know, kind of like F, F what you're running, run this. Right. That's how much you can believe sponsored drivers. They're rightfully so doing it for a paycheck. Like, Jared Tebow was getting paid for Macklin, and when Jared Tebow left his big spiel saying, oh, go to this place, go to that place, go to the other place, well, yeah, he can get a free ESC and motor from anywhere, but he has to get paid. So he's got to find somebody to pay him. And yeah, he was having issues with Macklin. And guess what? He brought those issues up to Macklin or McLean. It's McLean, not Macklin. And they fired him. So that you really got to look at that right there. He brings up issues. He gets frustrated, brings them up probably in a harsher way, and they fire him. And he loses part of his paycheck. They cost him wins in e-buggy. When my beat-up Reedy that I bought second-hand can finish races, when I put boost in the son of a bitch and it comes off at 208 degrees and a driver like Jared Tebow can't finish a damn race at the pro level, there are issues. (laughs) I mean, seriously. But no, he's right. He's absolutely right. You do not. Do what the pros say. Look at your local fast guys. Look at what you have support for. Because you know what? 35% drag brake on a Reed ESC is not the same as 35% drag brake on a Hobbywing ESC. And so on and so forth. And So yeah. Uh, I mean, he's right. Yeah, you don't do what they do. <laughs> yep. Ah, under the Dollar Hobbies post, Matt Pierce goes, seems like a perfect time to discuss options for Dollar Hobby on-road program, uh, possible improvements to get bigger turnouts. Well, Sunday nobody showed up. Did you hear about that? Yep. Or maybe one or two. They ain't, I believe they ain't raised because Brian Post left... Uh, Left a message, all right, what do we got to do to get entries up? And in one long post, Jeff Choban, Choban, uh, he left a long um, thing about, you know, what we've said on here before. Um, He said, it's got to be a racetrack first and Chuck E. Cheese second. I love that line. You got to be way more transparent about race dates, which, you know what? It coming from Jeff really made an impact because right away they didn't post it on. I hate it when they say go to the calendar. Nothing more frustrating. But to their credit, as soon as Jeff said that, they posted a flyer with race dates that I have saved to my phone. 
You know, I do, I'm not going to a calendar. I will save the race dates on my phone in the gallery under my RC folder, but I will not go to any damn Google calendar. Um, but yeah, he's just basically like, hey, just be more transparent and Brian's going to try. I know Brian will try. I don't know. Brian and I, some days it feels like Brian likes me and sometimes it feels like Brian hates me. And it's <laughs> been like that since we were little kids. <laughs> I can't get a solid read on the guy. Sure. I don't hate Brian by any means. And I know he does, when he works at Dollar, he does the best he can, but he's just a part-timer. Mm-hmm. And they're full-timers. They don't give a shit about racing. Most of them don't even give half of a shit about RC in general. They're just right. working there as a job. So... I wish I were independently wealthy so I could go work there full time and straighten stuff out. But, you know, Dan Alvarez, I know he worked there for a while and I know he tried doing something and I know that the ending to that story was not good. But what I've heard was just rumors, but it's consistent with Dan Alvarez's career in RC. Um... So, what do you think could Dollar could do better? Uh, yeah, it's tough. You know, the it was a uh, not a large core to begin with, and then some people have moved away. Um, the the owners have have driven some people away. Yeah, um, it's tough. It is. Last year, um, the hobby it was shop... way it was way too nice on Sunday. Yeah, I'd yeah. Even if I was like full in on my RC racing right now, I wouldn't have showed up shown up either because it was a Sunday in November and it was in the sixties. So. Right, right. I did yeah. I did yard work and I I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> it's rare, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And last I was year, out in yeah I was in Big, Big Lake at a private set of dirt jumps riding BMX bikes. If oh, I can do that, dude, yeah. First week in November over RC racing, that's what I'm doing. For sure. Uh at the gym we had the big garage door open. Yeah, it was nice. Nice. Um yeah, last year, you know, I haven't been in there sadly in just under a year, but uh their hobby shop took a big hit because yep. they were it's a being a victim of success because covid emptied out all the hobby shops because everybody just took their stimmy checks and bought rc stuff with it at least that's what i did <laughs> that's right. what that's what a lot of people did too and their hobby shop was empty for weeks and weeks and weeks so but I, I'm sure they got that restocked. Yeah, but we're, you know, everybody's struggling in the supply chain, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough. Um, when people like to compare 
what goes on at MMR and how they're able to swap back and forth. MMR, however long they've been going, you know, so damn long, longer yeah. than everybody else by far. Yeah. He Andrew has a fiercely loyal group of regulars that donate a lot of their time that Andrew doesn't set up all of the off-road right. races. He doesn't set up the oval races. I, I, I'm not sure if he does or doesn't on the on-road stuff, but he's got people in place yep. that it's important enough to them that they're going out of their way to make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah, Andrew's isn't like a club, but it kind of also is. It is, too, Andrew, a little bit. Andrew would be having... Not a tough time, but his life would be a little harder if he didn't have Maluli and Doug Osted and a couple other guys there. Yep. Yeah, merch. Sure. Yeah, merch does yep. a ton. Um, that's tough. That's that's tough to build. It is. It really that, is. And I would imagine that took a lot of time to make happen at MMR. So, so I remember when Andrew opened to the public in 2007, Dan Alvarez was working at the original MMR. Um, he hated, not hated, that's the wrong word. He disliked having a racer base. I mean, he was a racer hobby shop, but it was still mostly fiscal and most of his business was online. And... In the back, he made his mini track out of RCPS, and it was covered with a curtain. And one day I tried to look behind the curtain. Andrew was there turning laps or something like that. And Dan Alvarez was at the front counter, and Andrew was pissed that my head went around that curtain just to check it out, and I got my ass chewed. <laughs> So, but then shortly after that, he started racing minis and then he really got to know the racers and then he started building his group and he started catering to racers, but keeping his strong opinion on what his racing should be. And he wasn't going to fall for the flavor of the week. He wasn't going to do it. was going to be this, that, and the other. And that's what it was going to be. And I think just having a nice, consistent race program is what built it up for him. So, anyway. Um, Donald Tolbert is saying, Nitro Stadium truck is on the move up. Will a class be incorporated? With the MNRC, bring eight of them. That's all I've said. And that, I said the same about E-Truggy. And you know what? Every single round, except for the last round, there were seven. But every single round, there were eight or more. And they did a good job. Now, those guys better not shit the bed and let the class die next year. They should let it grow. Um... With gas trucks, same deal. Bring eight of them. I hope it happens. We we could always use more classes between the A-scale classes, but there has not been any local chatter. Have you heard any local chatter, Ryan? No, not in the slightest. I've heard a lot of chatter about e-truggy. 
And, really? Oh, yeah. No, people loved that class, and people loved watching that class. And there were a couple of really decent drivers with Chad Johnson and Kyle Quast. And uh, I don't think Sean ever put one on the track. I'm not sure, though. But when you have, like, there were bashers, and then you had a few really good racers. And when people saw what the good racers could do with the trucks, it started a little bit of chatter, which was cool. Because that's what you need. Um, Yeah. Nitro, like I said, just, yeah. Anyway, Jason Elliott says, here is a good topic. Why call it stock buggy when racers are using lightweight chassis, titanium screws, super light batteries, aftermarket everything? What is exactly stock anymore? Well, same thing what Ryan was saying about 13.5 Wheeler. I mean, stock not... is just a motor and an ESC, buddy. Yep. The the rest is wide open. Yeah. Um. I'm not gonna say exactly who, but uh, all I heard I heard passing a pit, and I can't say who I would out them because I couldn't exactly put the name on the voice but it was passing the fast pits and they is hey did you check out that last esc hack it works great <laughs> they're hacking escs and just making that led blink great yeah so i mean it's stock if you're with a group of honest guys <laughs> Um, I don't know, man. It's, but to be fair, I don't have a lot in my stock buggy and it was, it worked just fine this weekend. Yep. It did. Um, I do have a, I do have a smaller battery, but my 4,100 milliamp is $30 cheaper than my 6,100. So, I mean, my motor is... 120 bucks but yeah sure yeah i compete without any fancy stuff so and again so the tracks in minnesota are so not tight but they work with what they can for space you don't need it's not like thunder road is the closest at 13.5 on that track is faster than mod so anyway Danny Williams is wondering, why do racers bite their tongue when it comes to cheating, rough driving, or extra, he just says extra at the track, but we know what they're talking about, but then come online and complain about it without actually naming them, instead of calling said individual out at the track on the spot with race promoters. I thought about this question today, but I want to hear your theory about it a little bit. <sighs> um, yeah, the, I think it's natural with most human beings these days, especially to avoid confrontation. And that's the majority of it right there. Is um, 
in order to do that, you really gotta you gotta reach down and grab your ball sack to you know call somebody out in person and um yeah um takes a lot of courage and that is in short supply you're these right days. you're right and people were never you could tell people in the RC world were never really taught how to properly confront a person you don't when you confront a person you don't go up to them screaming and yelling and be like hey fuck face this that and the other yep you stay calm and you don't get a you keep a light infliction in your voice as like, far as as far as cheating I, I don't know if there's a um most of the tra- well the tracks that we race at don't have anything as far as formal protesting whereas um guys that race almost anything else are usually familiar with formal protesting and right. that's something that takes place in most motorsport uh you got to put some money on the line because you know like the saying you got to put your money where your mouth is right you put some money on the line to to you know file a an official protest against someone and you know then they figure it out from there and that's it, you don't like you're saying you don't have to have a confrontation with somebody to do that you yeah. just there there has to be a process in place yep what um, to do in that situation and that's how you go about it a good example was um last saturday when i was signing up i had a conversation with brian bowman about the extra laps being run and stuff like that and we didn't yell at each other and we didn't say hey f you pal and at the end of the conversation i stated i still think you were terribly wrong and he said well even though it was against the rules i think i was right but at the end of that sentence he goes but next year that definitely will not happen again. Sure. But we ain't yell. There's no reason to yell. There's no reason to name call. Yeah, that's good. I mean, what's you're not going to accomplish anything. And that's the thing. Right. People, the RC world's a lot like the real world. You know, they won't say anything, but they'll go and try to cancel Dave Chappelle, which made him a million times richer. That type of stuff. But, I mean, they get offended and they talk to their little groups and they get a hundred little bitches moaning and complaining and ten days it blows over. Yeah. Because they don't know ever. And part of that is because of, I have a theory, part of it's because of deadbeat fathers. But we don't need to get in that philosophy this week. Maybe next time. <laughs> Uh, Kyle Holmberg is wondering, can the MNRC schedule a race not on the same weekend of the Millville Pro Nationals? Well, Kyle, that's on my notes. I agree with you. It'd be nice, but it's always been a thing. I know. Well, it's always on my birthday weekend, too. Okay. I, I haven't spent my actual, well, you know, it's been either on that weekend or, like, right after the race, like the day or two after. And this year's my 40th birthday, and my wife's not going to let me 
get away with any fuckery. Mm-hmm. But no, I agree because this this isn't just an issue with you, Kyle. It's an issue. I've had five or six other racers come up to me and be like, hey, why are we doing this on Millville? Right. I do think you're correct. I think it needs to be changed. But the hard thing is, do you move it a week before and have only three weeks after North Branch? Or do you move it a week after and have it five weeks? But it's like, let's look at the calendar. So let's say you have it on the 9th. And then, hold on, let's see, one, two. You know, personally, I think we should have it the weekend of July 23rd, but I'll bring it up to the committee because then the next race would be in, in the weekend of August 20th. So that's just short of a month, having right. it the week after Millville instead of the third week of July. So, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely talk to the committee about that because I agree. I do agree. Um, Pete Phillips is wondering, does anyone try running carpet tires without saucing them? Nobody makes a decent traction tire that doesn't require chemical treatment. Well, that was a J-Con race and there were pros uh, and fast stock guys that were saucing their tires in the parking lot. Um. God, I want to name names, but I promise not to. And I want to keep a level of trust open. You know what I mean? Sure. I did not sauce my twin pins at the J-Con race. And on the same track, but no groove and dried out. And in worse, the track in worse condition than the J-Con race. I went three-tenths faster with sauce tires. Sure. And it was easier, way easier to drive. SXT is allegedly safe. And if it is safe, and so is TDK. TDK is actually proven lab safe. I have no problems with that. I have my qualms about liquid wrench, but you know what? I'm going to be using it next week because I also want to compete. Um, and with the group of guys I'm going to be racing against, you just don't compete with the lesser traction compounds or no traction compounds. It breaks down the rubber in such a way to where, let's say on clay, you use liquid wrench. It feels like a green but you keep the speed of a clay compound. And I don't know how you crack that code with just rubber. Is this something you ever had to deal with in any kind of your racing besides RC? No. No, it is not. Yeah, I don't. It's, like I said, it's something that... Pete Phillips is an old school guy like me. And if you think about... Just tire tech. Forget about the rest of the technology. If you think about tire technology from 20 years ago to today, it's come pretty far. But not nearly far enough. And that's because 
a lot of stuff with a lot of companies are not being done in-house. You don't have in-house prototypes. Molds are expensive as shit. When you do, or you know, you got to order tires in such a bulk to make it worthwhile. Right. So, yeah, you have companies, most companies are just playing it safe now. So, anyway, yeah, that's all I got for tech inspection. I haven't had anything for a driver's meeting in a while. I got a quick one for a driver's meeting. When it comes time to painting a new body for whatever vehicle you have, clean out the inside with a little bit of Dawn dish soap to get rid of the mold release, and it will help the paint stick a whole lot better. That's what we've been doing since the beginning of time. And one time I tried to rush it and not do it. And the paint just bubbled like all hell. It looked like crap. I literally threw it away and bought a new one. (laughs) It's like, this is what you get for being in a rush. So, yeah. Anyway, do you got anything else? That's it, man. All right, guys, that's another one for this week. Remember to uh, check out my weird, obscure posts on Instagram. That's me posting that stuff, not Ryan. Check us out on Facebook. And if you need or if you would like or need to sponsor the podcast, um, get a hold of me on Facebook or get a hold of Ryan. Or if you know my number, get a hold of me there. And yeah, man, uh, sounds like we ran out of talent. <laughs>